0: object is me, I'll be here to discuss it. Well, thank you very much, and this is Ed Corcoran and Dick Bertel. Good night. The Golden Age of Radio has been brought to you by WTIC and Cromwell Savings Division of Farmers and Mechanics Savings Bank. Hometown friends, serving your best banking interests in every way. The Golden Age of Radio was produced by Bob Chirago and Dick Bertel. Benny Goodman Swing School the Tuesday evening rally of everybody everywhere who gets a lift from the new pulsating music of youth, Swing.
1: The Lux Radio Theater brings you Rita Hayworth and Charles Corbin...
2: And good evening everybody, it is Saturday night, um, 8, 8, 8 15 here on the West Coast, hope you're doing well, November 9th year 2006 six. I'm Wong Shoes, What's your a prayer for the, uh, then we're going to go into a couple, three, couple next door, then we'll get to firm gear and Molly, close, close to the top of the hour, Do the blessing station, bless beyond him. And thank you for everybody who participated and helped in the auction, Lord. Uh, bless this wonderful Christmas season and all the listeners out there. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Ooh, I'll be back there. Now here's three, Couple Next Doors, Christmas Time in 1958. The
0: Couple Next Door, written by Peg Lynch and starring Peg Lynch and
3: Alan Bunt. <laughs>
4: What are you doing?
5: I'm reading. Boy, oh, look at the stack of magazines. that pile up on me month after month. Yeah, I'll never get caught up.
6: Well, Christmas week hardly seems the time to catch up on your reading, dear. Uh, Aunt Effie and Betsy and I are in the dining room wrapping presents. I've got all the ribbons uh, and the paper out. Aren't there any you have to wrap? Oh, sh-
2: Well, there we go. Now, we were talking last night, Patricia and I and Frank Brazil about Richard Legrand or Dick Legrand. I propose a hypothesis of finding a Game Maui show, which we did December 19, 1950, and then the next day, probably the Great Girls' show from December 20, 1950, to see if Dick Legrand name is mentioned in there, uh, which way? Dick Legrand, Richard Legrand. So we're going to find out. Maybe this is not the clue either. Here we go. Back to February nineteenth. No no no. December nineteenth, nineteen fifty. Fibber McGee and Molly. The
0: Pet Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The first evaporated milk, pet milk, presents River McGee and Molly, transcribed with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick Legrand, Cliff Arquette, Ed Begley, Jeanette Nolan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie and directed by Max Hutto, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Four years ago, in Baltimore, Maryland, four tiny babies were born to Mr. and Mrs. Charles Henn, Jr. You must have seen their pictures in the newspapers and magazines, remember? Delicate infants they were, weighing a mere three pounds each. But they didn't stay delicate. Soon after they were born, the babies were started on safe, easy-to-digest pet milk. They've had no other kind of milk, and you should see them now. Four years old and going strong. All happy, husky youngsters with the fine, straight backs, the strong, sturdy limbs, and sound teeth that are typical of pet milk babies. Ask your doctor about pet milk for your baby. And remember, pet evaporated milk isn't just a baby food. It's an all-family food, an all-purpose milk. The first food for millions of babies, the first choice of millions of good cooks. Get pet milk at your grocer's tomorrow. Westville Vista Post Office, loaded down with Christmas mail, has signed up some extra men with cars this morning to deliver packages. And standing in line, awaiting final instructions, we find a man who is alert and eager. (laughs) A man who is ambitious and (laughs) hardworking. And right between them, a man who is Mr. McGee of Biver, McGee & Molly.
7: You stay outside the railing there now, Molly. This is for employees only.
8: I still can't see why I can't stand in there with you. My goodness, I'm not going to bother. It's the regulations,
6: postal rules. Here comes the postmaster.
8: All right, but my
0: goodness. All right, man, attention, please. Hmm. Everybody set? Number seven here? Here. Yeah. Number twelve? Yeah. Number fourteen? Fourteen.
7: Where's the extra man for Route 14?
8: it's you, McGee. You're number 14.
7: Uh Oh, 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 here, sir. Here, sir, number 14. Trevor McGee, extra part-time carrier of the United States Mail Special Delivery Department, reporting for duty, sir. All right. Got your bag with you, McGee?
9: Here, sir. Shh.
8: (laughs) My gosh, he don't mean you, Molly. He means my mail bag for small packages.
9: Oh.
7: (laughs) Yes, sir, I'm ready, sir. My car is outside. Good. Are you loaded? Never
2: touch a driver. And that is Firm and Molly. I am talking to the good doctor of Yesterday USA, Dr. Dale. And we wish you all a Merry Christmas. I know. I'm early. But that's okay. That's me. Anyway, here we go. Great girls Weave the next day, uh, December 20th, 1950.
7: Portions of the following program are transcribed. The Craft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as... The Great Gildersleeve! (laughs) The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company. Kraft, you know, has been famous for years for bringing you the very finest foods, quality foods, the world's favorite varieties of cheese, America's choice in salad dressings, and many other wonderful things to eat. When you shop, look for the name Kraft. Remember, the name Kraft on any food is your guarantee of quality. Summerfield. Here and there, a lighted Christmas tree glows warmly in the window. Holly wreaths have begun to appear. The ground is white with new snow and it's still falling. Big fat flakes that cling to the porches of the trees and to the brim of the great Gildersleeve's hat as he hurries down his front steps. Makes a cautious turn as he reaches the sidewalk. and strides gaily up the street toward Catherine Milford's house.
10: Deck the holes with boughs of holly, fa-la-la-la-la, la 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 Tis the season to be jolly, fa-la-la-la-la, la-la. What?
3: Wait for me!
4: Where you going, Unc?
10: Well, I'm dropping in at Miss Milford's for a while this evening.
4: Can I walk with you? I'm going to Piggy's house. They're putting up their tree tonight. We're going to decorate it.
10: Well, good. Don't stand on the furniture.
4: You going to help Nurse Milford decorate her tree?
10: Yeah, you can't tell. We may string a few cranberries, drape the icicles around.
4: What if Dr. Olson is there?
10: Leroy, don't worry about Dr. Olson.
4: Why oh, not? But you said he was a pain in the neck. You said he was always hanging around her house when you wanted to be there.
10: Yeah, well, you weren't supposed to have heard that. <laughs> but that used to be that way.
4: How is it now?
10: Leroy, the nurse has decided she doesn't need a doctor as much as she needs a water commissioner.
3: <laughs>
10: the fact is, I haven't seen Dr. Clarence Olson in weeks.
4: Gee, then you're winning, aren't you,
10: Uncle? You bet I'm winning.
4: Golly, you gotta be smart to be the doctor, too. You said it. Gee, and you're my uncle. Yeah. Well, his piggy's out. See you later, huh?
10: You'll see you later, Leroy. Yes, sir. There's a mighty fine boy. <laughs>
11: Hello, Catherine. Come on in. Why it's snowing out, isn't it?
10: Yeah, just a little.
11: Look at you. You have a big snowflake right on the end of your nose.
10: Yeah, I do? Well, cold nose, warm heart. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Let me
10: take your coat. Thank you. Like it. Well, beautiful tree, Catherine. And Christmas
11: presents. Are all those for me? No, but you can help me finish wrapping them.
10: you fine. Lots of presents.
11: Well, Mother and I have lots of relatives.
10: Oh, sure.
11: Then I couldn't forget those darling children down at the hospital. You? There are five of them that Santa Claus may not remember.
10: Well, good for you, Catherine. Be a shame if any little kitties were forgotten on Christmas.
11: Mm. Here, put your finger on this ribbon while I tie the knot,
10: huh? Yeah, yeah, all right. Interesting paper you're using, Catherine. Mistletoe design. <laughs>
11: Just put the package over there.
10: No, I think I'll balance it right on top of your head.
11: (laughs) Rockmorton. You
10: know what that means. Mistletoe. (laughs) Aren't you
11: rushing the season a little?
10: You only three more shopping days.
11: You better put the package down there by the tree.
10: Uh, Shucks. Say, here's a fancy looking package.
11: Oh, I think that's the one Mother's giving me.
10: Oh, your mother couldn't wait, huh? (laughs) You let me shake this. I'll bet I can guess what's in it.
11: Now it's Rockmorton.
10: Yep. Kind
11: fellow. Oh dear.
10: Well, isn't that just like your mother? To the dearest girl in the world, Clarence. Clarence.
11: Throckmorton, give me the package. That one isn't for the mother.
10: No, I guess not. <laughs> Doctor Clarence Olson, the intern. Huh? I thought he'd given up.
11: Clarence has been on night duty at the hospital.
10: Well, just so he hadn't been on night duty with my nurse.
11: But <laughs> <laughs> well, he hasn't forgotten me. I can hardly wait to open his present. He always thinks of the most original things.
10: Well, I haven't brought you my presents yet. I'm liable to think of something pretty original, too.
11: Really? Give me a hint. A
10: yeah, hint? Yeah, well.
11: At the hospital, Clarence keeps teasing me about what's in this package.
10: Yeah, he does, doesn't he?
11: Mm-hmm. All he'll tell me is that it starts with a K for Catherine. Isn't that clever?
10: Yeah, well, I guess there's a fine line between being clever and being corny. <laughs>
11: Rock Morton. He's very ingenious. In fact, the mistletoe paper was his idea.
10: He was. Hmm? Well, it may have been his idea, but I was the first one who thought of holding it over your head. (laughs) Yeah, I think. is getting from that doctor. Ooh, it's the clever cut-up? I'll have to go him one better. Good
4: morning, Uncle.
10: Hi, Uncle. Good morning, children. <laughs> uh, aren't you? What Christmas present can you think of that start with the letter K?
4: K? Well, who's the present for, Uncle? A little kid we know spelled K-I-D?
10: Hardly, Leroy. I was thinking about something for a young lady.
4: Oh, you mean me? <laughs>
10: We'll get around to you children later. There's a present under Miss Milford's tree. It starts with a K. I'm trying to figure out what it is.
4: Uh-huh.
10: Leroy, what do you mean, aha? Uh-huh.
4: It's Miss Milford's present from Dr. Olson, isn't
10: it? Well, yes.
4: Well, if it's from Dr. Olson, why do you want to know what it is, Unki?
10: Well, I don't want to give her the same present, Marjorie. Yeah, I'd like to give her something a little better.
4: Well, if it starts with a K, maybe it's a a Kodak.
10: No, no, it's a pretty big package. Canary? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's anything alive, Leroy. And as I recall, canary doesn't start with a K.
4: Like some hot coffee, Mr. Gale,
10: please? Yeah, thank you, Bertie.
4: Bertie, we're trying to think of some gift a woman would like starting with a K.
10: Yeah, any ideas, Bertie?
4: Well, if it's for a woman, maybe it's something for the kitchen.
10: Yeah, I can't think of anything but the kitchen that starts with a K. Except craft cheese. <laughs>
4: I can't think of anything. Maybe it's kisses, Mr. Gillespie. Kisses? kisses? The candy type, you know. Candy kisses, that's the paper. <laughs> <laughs>
10: Dr. Olson, I wish I'd have thought of giving her something, starting with a K for Catherine. Let's see. K. K. <laughs> Carrot? You could be giving her a diamond. You wouldn't dare. Kettle drums? Kilts? Yeah, you wouldn't give her those. She'd look cute in them, though.
3: Well,
8: good morning, Galda.
10: Well, the Honorable Judge Hooker. Good morning, Horace.
8: You were walking along with a faraway look in your eye, dreaming of a white Christmas.
3: Hehehehe. <laughs> <laughs> old goat.
8: Yeah, you know, I'm going to get an idea about a Christmas present for Miss Milford, Horace. Oh? Well, I came down to hear the Craft Choral Club. They're going to sing around the community Christmas tree here in the square.
10: Oh yes. Well, let's get a little closer. You know, I've been so worried about Catherine's Christmas present, I almost forgot they were in town. They came all the way from Chicago, they? Yeah, I know, Judge. See, there are a lot of them. You wonder who makes the cheese
7: while they're on tour. Shh! They're about to sing. Ladies and gentlemen, at this Christmas season, it is our pleasure to present the Kraft Choral Club under the direction of Gerhard Schroedt. <laughs>
8: They're magnificent.
10: Yeah, they're great. All right, Horace. Great. I think I'll try finding something for Catherine in a hurry and come back.
8: I'll wait here, Gildy. In fact, I may go up and sing with them.
10: You please, not that judge. They didn't come all the way from Chicago
8: to find the lost discord. Now, Gildy, wait a minute. They're going to sing again. <speaking in Spanish> spirit coursing through my veins
7: Gildersleeve continues his search for a Christmas present in just a moment. Again, this year, as the holiday season approaches, the makers of Kraft Quality Foods wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a happy and prosperous new year. During the year now drawing to a close, we have appreciated the confidence you have shown through your purchases in all the fine food products which your grocer has brought to you from Kraft. You may be sure that Kraft products will continue to merit your confidence in the future as they have in the past and that the name Kraft on any label will continue to be your guide to the very finest in foods. Again we say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to each one of you from all the men and women of Kraft. Now back to the great Gildersleeve. Well, there's a fancy Christmas package under the tree at Catherine Milford's house from Gildersleeve's rival, Dr. Olson. What's in it? That's what the Water Commissioner would like to know. You, whatever it is, I'll get her something
10: better. He may have the edge on me at the hospital, but by George, I'll beat him under the Christmas tree.
5: I'll go all out. Hello, Peavy. Well, hello, Mr. Gilningsleeve. <laughs> What can I do for you this afternoon? I'm looking for a Christmas present, Peavy. For a lady. Something extra special. A gift for Miss Milford, is it? You bet.
10: That sneaky Dr. Olson bought her something that looks pretty nice. But I'm going to go in one better. I'm going to get her something so beautiful and so clever it'll make him look silly.
5: My, my. (laughs) Any suggestions, Peavy? Well, what does she like? Has she dropped any hints? Not lately. All she talks about is those little kids she takes care of at the hospital. There must be something clever and original I could get for her, Peavy. Now, how about a subscription to Look Magazine?
3: <laughs>
5: well. Or how about a nice set of scales? Women like to weigh themselves, uh, you know. And she can weigh herself at the hospital, Peavy. Does she like sweetmeats? Sweetmeats? We have some very attractive boxes of candied prunes. Quite helpful, too. No, Petey. Well, how about some nice musical bath salts? No. And a ballpoint pen. No. Mr. Gilderslave, you're rather hard to please. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, first. Phoebe, I've got to get something different.
10: Something original. Now, you've had plenty of experience at this Christmas thing. That's true. You've been
5: buying Christmas presents for Mrs. Peavy for 20 years. Yes,
10: I have. Well, certainly after all that time, a man should know what it takes to please a woman. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can see you're going to be no help at all, Peavy.
5: I'm going over to Hogan Brothers. That's a good idea. Happy shopping, Mr. Gildersleeve. <sighs> Happy shopping. Happy shopping.
10: in these stores. Why does everybody wait till the last minute to buy presents? Oop, you watch that umbrella lady. Second
11: floor. phonographs, radios,
10: toys. Here, out on two, please. Yes. Gee, might get her a radio. No, everybody has a radio. That'd be more original than that if I'm going to beat that slick intern. Christmas won't mean a thing to me unless I outdo him. Well, cute toys up here.
4: Is that you, Miss
10: Killsley? Well, hello, Bertie. What are you doing up here in the toys?
9: Oh, I got a lot of little nieces
2: and nephews I have to buy for.
10: Oh, yeah.
2: They don't have much, so when I show up every Christmas with my arms full of toys, they think I'm some pumpkin.
10: Well, I'll bet they do, Bertie. Say, what if I showed up with an arm full of toys for those kitties at the hospital? The ones Miss Milford is so fond of. Them children would think you're some punkins, too, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, I guess they would. What's more, I'd be some punkins with Miss Milford, too. Yes, sir. <laughs> you bet. Nothing I could do that would impress her more. Right, George, this is a great idea we had, Bertie. Quick! click. I want to buy some toys! <laughs> Dr. Olson can never top this. I'll walk in on Catherine, pass out these toys to her little kitties, and tell her this is my Christmas present to her. What can she say? Except that I'm the greatest guy in the world. the kids will get a kick out of it, too. (laughs) Intern, turn in your suit. You're through. Yeah, this must be the ward. I see some children. Well, hello, little children. Hello. Hello. Uh, where's Miss Milford?
4: She'll be back. She wants to get our orange juice.
10: Well, I'll just put these packages down and wait.
4: Are you Santa Claus?
10: Hey, me?
4: No, he's not Santa Claus. He hasn't got a white beard. But he's nice and fat.
10: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's not Santa Claus. Santa Claus never comes around here.
10: Now, wait a minute, young fellow. I'm sort of a Santa Claus. I brought all these presents to you
4: children. For us? O- honest and truly? Oh, boy! You see, Stuffy, he is Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, boy, I gotta come over and see him. Stuffy's lucky he's in a wheelchair.
10: Oh. Well, I'll bring the presents around to your little beds when Nurse Milford comes.
4: I want to open mine.
10: No, no, wait a minute, Stuffy shouldn't open presents until Christmas.
4: I don't want to open mine until Christmas. I just want to dream about what's in them.
10: that's the idea, little girl.
4: While we're waiting for Nurse Milford, will you read us a Christmas story?
10: Christmas story?
4: That's what she was doing. Yeah, they're in that book.
10: Well, I like stories. Used to read them to my niece and nephew. Let's see what we have here. Here. Oh. Why the Chimes Rang, by Raymond MacDonald Alvin.
4: I like that one. I don't know it. Well, I've been in the hospital longer than you have.
10: Well, let's read it. We don't have much time. Once upon a time, in a faraway country, there was a wonderful church. It stood on a high hill in the midst of a great city. And every Sunday, as well as on sacred days like Christmas, thousands of people climbed the hill to its great archways, looking like
6: That's the collection, yes. But can you give us the exact poem uh, in which the phrase, Ain't you shamed, you sleepyhead,
1: occurs?
7: Well, something came to the uh, windowsill. Birdie. Little birdie. <laughs> uh, birdie with a yellow bill. Very good. Yellow bill. Hopped upon, Hopped upon, window. upon
2: my windowsill. Did what then? Back. And that was Truth or Con... No, 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 no. That was Information Please from December 12, 1941. Now, here's Truth or Con... Consequences, boy can I say that tonight, December 20th, 1947.
3: D-U-Z, D-U-Z. Put
4: gas in your washing machine. Take your clothes out bright and clean. When you does your wash, you'll sing. D-U-Z, D-U-Z does everything.
12: <laughs>
0: The consequences, the show that does everything on the air, brought to you by Does the folks that does everything in your life. And here he is, the fellow whose show was again voted number one, audience participation show in the annual awards made by newspapers and radio editors, columnists and critics, conducted by Motion Picture Daily in behalf of Fame Magazine. And next to Bing was voted number two, master of ceremonies. No, but with us. He's just that dozzy guy, Ralph,
1: Truth or Consequences, Edwards. Well, thank you very much, Otto Wilcox. And greetings, party players. I certainly want to thank the radio editors and critics for voting Truth or Consequences number one again. Daddy's proud of his baby. And hi, hello, <laughs> I don't know, I feel so battered and bruised tonight. How come, Ralph? Because you've been practicing for your appearance on the Eddie Catter Show Christmas night? No, no, I, I'm I'm, really bruised. I, I does my shirt and does, doesn't do everything. Oh, yes, it does, Ralph. No, sir, you have to take your shirt off before you throw it in the washer. Oh, Understand? Oh, Am I bruised? Oh. But I'm happy with all, and I'm clean, too. Well, this is our Christmas party tonight, our Truth or Consequence Christmas party, and uh, I can't wait to get it going. Speaking of Christmas, there are only three more shopping days till Christmas, not much time left to buy your Christmas seals. You all know that the purchase of Christmas seals is to help the fight against tuberculosis. As a matter of fact, we have about $50 worth of Christmas seals right here with us. I'm going to give these Christmas seals to any lady, I'll give them to any lady in the audience who wants them. Now, she can keep the Christmas seals if she will do one thing. That is to prominently display these Christmas seals all the way home tonight and shout from time to time, I have my Christmas seals, why don't you buy yours? Now, what lady will do that? Johnny Pollock, turn on the microphone. we will go right down to the audience. Here are a bunch of them here. Here's a lady here. Uh, I'll interview someone. What is your name, please? Mrs. Martinson, Jr.? Where are you from, (laughs) (laughs) Jr.? Oakland. Uh, Oakland, California. Oh, and a finer town there isn't. What is your name,
4: please? Mrs. Ray Greenwell, San Diego.
1: Yes, but are you staying up here tonight? Yes, I am. You're going to be in town tonight? Yes, I am. In Los Angeles and Hollywood. What is your name, please? Rose Downing. Yes, well, you'll get up again, Rose. Don't you worry about... What is your name again, Miss? Green- Mrs. Ray Greenwell. All right. Now, uh, you, you will take these Christmas seals home and wave them and say, I have my Christmas seals. Uh, why don't you buy yours? Will you do that? Yes, I will. Oh, well, that's wonderful of you to talk up the sale of Christmas seals. Mrs. Green... Oh, Greenwell. Greenwell from San Diego. Now, here are $50 worth of Christmas seals. We uh, want you to shout all the way, I have my Christmas seals. Why don't you buy yours? As a matter of fact... Uh, they're worth more than fifty dollars. The Christmas seals that I want you to take home are these two live seals that are coming on stage now. <laughs> <laughs> Is your husband here? Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Will you take the seals home with you, Mrs. Green? That's regular on that means? <laughs> Oh, you're living with your. No, we're going to stay all night in his house. Where's his brother-in-law here? Brother-in-law, will you let her take him home with him? Well, sure, he says. All right. Uh, I, how are you going to get home I
4: wonder? Well, we we're in his car.
1: Oh, that'll be cozy. All right. Well, I'm sure all the, look at it roll over up here. One of the seals. Uh, they're merry and jolly are their names. I'm sure all the people who pass you or meet you will know to buy Christmas seals after they've seen you, Miss Greenwell. Incidentally, if you do this, we'll give you fifty dollars to buy Christmas seals with. And. Uh, we also quiet, Molly. Mary, be quiet. We also will will have for you this fourteen carat, twenty one jewel, Bulova <laughs> uh, wristwatch. I thought it was going to burst with That. Alex Cornish, Mr. Bulova. All right, Mr. Ballard, the owners will collect the seals in the morning. I hope they're happy in your bathtub tonight. <laughs> right, thank you very much and good night. <laughs> good night. Big red box, it does, too. Try it does for your dishes. You'll find does does everything in the dishpan too. All right, now we get going along here. Be sure, folks, to listen for the walking man. Who's the walking man? He's coming this way with a new gigantic prize contest. More later about that. Right now, we've got Christmas spirit in a box. Believe it or not, back in New York, right now, there's a great big box, and if the things in it don't add up to real Christmas spirit, then I'll settle for whatever they do add up to. Remember last week, we asked you to write your Christmas wish for the world to Merry Christmas, Box 400, Radio City Station, New York 20, New York. We told you, you weren't going to get anything for your trouble. No prize is not a thing. Well, so far, about 42,000 people, you too, I hope, have taken the trouble to do something for nothing. That's a mighty good-sized crowd, and the thing they've done is mighty good-sized, too. We haven't finished counting the letters yet, and uh, we haven't sorted the different wishes, but next Saturday... Uh, we hope to be able to tell you on Truth or Consequences what the top ten wishes are. Meanwhile, the Christmas wish to the world idea is growing by leaps and bounds. On Christmas Day, seven daytime radio programs are going to devote their entire programs to dramatizing some of the wishes you sent in. Now, let's see, Hilo, where's that list of programs? Oh, so here it is. Uh, Big Sister... Ma Perkins, Young Dr. Malone, The Guiding Light, Life Can Be Beautiful, Pepper Young's Family, and the Right to Happiness. Now, you've still got time to send in your Christmas wish to the world. Just answer this question. If you had the power, what would you give the world for Christmas? Keep your answer short, one word if possible. Send your answer to Merry Christmas, Box 400, Radio City Station, New York 20, New York. Not later than midnight, December 25th, please, so we can get them all counted and sorted in time to give you the results next Saturday night. Okay. Say, Ralph, yes, Ralph, uh, Santa Claus left this Christmas present for you. For me? Harlow? Oh, gosh, that cheery big red box it does really does look Christmassy, doesn't it? It sure gets in the spirit
0: on wash day. Does this one soap that does everything in the family wash. White does gets towels and linens as white as fresh fallen snow? You bet. They gleam with the true whiteness you want. Does is famous for whiteness. And just a short washer run with does gets grease-spotted work clothes shining clean. Yet does leaves the newest colors in your wash bright and perky as. A, a wreath of holly? You said it, Ralph. And does is safer for those colors than any other leading package soap sold for wash day. Does really is different. Even makes more suds, ounce for ounce. They're real soap suds, too. Believe me, the soap shortage taught folks there's no substitute for does. Why it moves out of the store so fast these days? You got to do your does shopping early, Hey Harlow? Right. <laughs> so folks, first chance you get, get does from the roughest and toughest to the whitest and brightest. Does
1: does everything. Right you are, Mister O'Connor. Yes, it's here again. For the past weeks, you've been going over that gift list, and maybe most of your. purchases there, but now on the threshold of the big week of the year with wreaths in the window, holly on the door, with a jolly old man with the long white whiskers fattening up his reindeer for the big trip down. There's no denying it Christmas is here. And come Thursday morning the bells will be ringing in all the churches, the kids will be laughing in all the houses. Most everyone in his own way will be celebrating the reason for Christmas, the doctrine of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And we got to thinking what an ironic thing it is that many of those who helped give peace the real meaning of the word will be doing their celebrating from a bed or a wheelchair in a veteran's hospital. And I wonder if each one of them can know and feel in their heart just how grateful we are. So fellows in hospitals all over the country, this next consequence is for you. As a matter of fact, you might even be the contestant we have for it. Here we go to a veteran's hospital, and will the fellow whose name I call please say hello back to me, although there may be no microphone in sight, you see. Hello? Hello, Hubert Smith. Hello. Hi, ship third class Hubert Smith. This is Ralph Edwards at Truth or Consequences. Now, uh, tell our Christmas party listeners what hospital you're in, Hubert. Long Beach Naval Hospital. Yes, sir! Well, uh, all the gang around there? You bet. Uh, where's your home, Hubert? Uh, Greenville, Tennessee. Yes, where is Greenville, Tennessee? Well, uh, that's, uh, 72 miles north of Knoxville. Yes, sir. Who all is in your family, Hubert? Well, there's, uh, just three of us, my mother, father, and myself. I say, What do they call you, Hubert, or...?
12: Well, no, they call me, I go with my initials, H.C.
1: H.C., okay. But well, what's your father's occupation? Uh, he's the manager of the Greenville bus station. I see. What, uh, what, uh, coach company is that? Uh, Tennessee Coach Company. I see. Well, before we go any further, we'd better give you a question, Hubert. Uh, Al, get me a question from the question bin, will you please, or Floyd? And then, if you miss it, well, you must pay the consequences, okay? Well, <laughs> all okay. right. Uh, the, the, gang around there, uh, fellas, uh, we'd better give them, a, an easy question, do you think, or a hard one?
3: Oh, Let them have
1: it, okay? <laughs> Here, uh, Harold uh, DeSellis of Aurora, Illinois, wants us to tell him why a lazy husband is like a Model T Ford. Truth or consequences, H.C. H.C. Smith. Hubert Smith. Uh, Not that H.C. Why is a lazy husband like a Model T Ford? Well, uh... You got all sorts of time. You got 20 seconds. 18 have gone by. 19, 20. (laughs) That's all. Because they're both shiftless. Uh, Oh, man. I guess we got him, didn't we, gang? Well, you haven't told the truth, so you must pay the consequences. Now, your consequence, H.C., Hubert, is to pretend it's the night before Christmas in Greenville, Tennessee, your hometown. And you're back there with the family and the gang doing everything you've always done. This is before you ever thought of the word paralyzed or hospital cot. Okay, hang on. We're really going back to Greenville this is a preview of Christmas Eve in Greenville, Tennessee, H.C. I suppose the first thing we'd better look in on is the school party. Didn't the uh, high school usually hold a Christmas party the day before Christmas? Yes, uh, they usually did sometime this, just before Christmas or before we got out on vacation. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, then. Here we go, boy. Alakazoo, Alakazam. School party at Greenville High. Here we am. Oh, Here we are. Oh, are, H.C. Hey, gang. Hey, everybody, every, hey, look, listen, everybody. Look who's here. Here's Hubert Smith, old HC. He's here for the annual Christmas party. Oh, uh, how does that sound, Hubert? Well, I haven't thought about those fellows in a long time. Boy, they're glad to see you. Say howdy to them. Hello, gang. They're really there, boy. You'll have to sort of give your names, you fellas there and girls at school. Give your names one at a time, Hubert, uh, so that uh, (laughs) we'll uh, recognize you, or at least H.C. will, just in case any of the guys have gotten fatter and the gal's prettier. Go ahead.
4: Hello, H.C., remember me? Who is it? Mary Walker.
1: Remember, H.C.? I sure do. Well, don't get so anxious, boy. All right,
9: Next. Hello, Smitty, this is Parks. Remember the explosion in Ms. Reimer's chemistry class? What do you say, Park?
8: <laughs> Come on. Hello, H.C., this is Kathleen Boswell. Remember me?
9: Oh, you bet,
1: Cad. The whole gang, boy.
8: Hi there, H.C., remember me, Marietta
6: Lamb. hello, Marietta. Hi, H.C., this is J.W. Ramsey. How's tricks?
1: Oh, same as always. Who's tricks, huh?
12: Never mind. Hello, H.C., it's Cy si Ramsey. What do you say, Si? H.C., yeah. it's Maurice. Remember those big football games we used to have? Oh, you bet. Well, hello, H.C., this is Bill. Do you remember those firecrackers that we used to shoot in the study hall? Uh.
1: <laughs> okay, boy. Well, they, they all seem about the same, don't they, H.C.? Uh, they sure do. Yeah, any of you get married since uh, since Hubert saw you last?
8: Oh, yes, I see I'm getting married in the near future. Guess who I am?
1: Well, that could be Kathleen Ambrose. <laughs>
8: oh, you're exactly right.
1: Well, you hit her right on the nose there. <laughs> well, who are you going to marry? Is that a question? Uh, Is that uh, Kathleen? Who are you going
8: to marry? Uh, I'm marrying Jack Armatage.
1: You remember him, H.C.? She yeah, it was a hamper. <laughs> some of the younger crop has crept in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, going to have to get running on. The, this magic spell only lasts to the end of Truth and consequence tonight, and Hubert has a million things to do and a million people to talk to, so say goodbye, gang, here at the annual uh, school party at Greenville High School.
3: <laughs>
12: say, Smitty, this is your old principal, A.B. Gillen. Remember me? Are you bet. Uh, we just want you to know we're thinking of you all the time. The game is over here with a happy tear in your eyes for you. Learn and get well. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Gillis. You bet it's Merry Christmas, fella, and a town full of friends proving it. But say, we better get floating over to the next place. Let's see, the night before Christmas in Greenville, Tennessee. What would you be doing, H-C- Oh, my goodness, is all your Christmas shopping done, Hubert? No, I haven't thought anything about doing any this year. Man, did you, did you get a gift for your best girl? Well, not yet. What's, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lila Morel. Lila Morell. Uh, do you love her? You bet. <laughs> Any, uh, marriage, uh, hopefulness there? Well, uh, I'm gonna think about it seriously as soon as I get out of this bed. Yeah, boy. I knew there'd be some last-minute shopping to do. What do, what do you want to get Lila? How about a nice handkerchief or something like that, huh? Uh, just for her. Why, uh, she rates more than that. Well, yeah, but I mean, we can get some, maybe a handkerchief now, Okay. Well, I'll settle for that, I guess. All right. Well, come on. Uh, Before the stores close here, we're right in front of George R. Lane's store here on Main Street. Let's go in, shall we? Right. Okay, boy, come on. We're entering the front door, really, of George R. Lane's in your hometown of Greenville, Tennessee. kazam. Now, let's get that handkerchief and get on here. Let's see. We're in the store now. Here's a counter where we ought to be able to get a handkerchief. Hello. you, You recognize this fellow?
9: Well, Hubert Smith, I'm Miss France. Remember me?
6: Oh yes.
9: Remember my son John? It's wonderful to see you, Hubert.
6: Well, so you want some of these you. pretty
9: ones for a girl playing by bed?
1: Yeah, she w- he wants one of the pretty ones.
9: Yeah. What color do you like?
1: Thank you. Well, we'll make it uh, white silk, one. White, white silk.
9: You
11: want something to lace or just plain?
1: Well, uh, might as well make it lace. What size you wear? Now, wait a minute. What size? <laughs> Isn't this the handkerchief counter? Oh, my, no. This is the lingerie counter. Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Give us a pretty handkerchief, and let's get out of here, huh? H.C., hey, say, say goodbye, boy. Goodbye. Goodbye,
3: Hubert.
1: Yes, sir. Let's get out on Main Street here. We'll hang on to Lila's present, a handkerchief, in case you see her. Here we are. wonder who's around here on Main Street. on Main Street. Who's who's out on Main Street? Hello, Hubert. This oh. is Fuzzy Morrow from the drugstore. It's good to see. Do you re- remember Fuzzy uh, Morrow, Herbert? Oh, Hubert. you bet. Oh, great to see you, Fuzzy. Wait a minute, listen. Hear the church bells? You recognize that sound, Hubert? Those are really the church bells in Greenville, Tennessee. All this is in Greenville. This radio magic is real. Now, come on, let's get up to your church, huh? The Asbury Methodist Church. Here we are in the vestibule of the Asbury Methodist Church in Greenville, H.C. You still with me, huh? Yes. Right here in, in the vestibule. Let's peek through the door and see who all is here tonight. You recognize any of these people, H.C.? There's Mr. and Mrs. Perry Lamb, you remember? Oh, I remember all these, several of these people. Yeah. And and Bobby Phillips, remember him? Oh, sure, but I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, well, let's go on in because Reverend Fleenor will speak right after the organ stops. Uh, come on, come on in. Here we go. Hey, H.C.?
11: Remember me? I'm Catherine Frazier.
1: Katherine Frazier? Oh, well. Captain. Yeah, you kids shouldn't talk in church like
11: this. Hey,
1: H.C. Harry for you. Remember, Pam? You bet. Yeah. And look over there.
3: Hello, H.C. This is your grandmother.
1: <laughs>
12: Hello, girl, Oh.
9: you granddad.
3: So. Hello, H.C. Honey.
1: speak.
12: I have always thought about and preached about the joy of giving and how truly more blessed it is to give than to receive. But tonight I find a genuine reason for joy in receiving in receiving back into our midst one of our dearest friends, Hubert Smith. And whether it is by radio's miracle or in our dreams, H.C. has never left our hearts. And in hundreds of churches all over the country, I'm sure all of us preachers, priests, rabbis, and spokesmen of all faiths look down at the seats where you boys used to sit and know in the deep of our hearts that the prayers which went with you into war will bring you back to us again to share the peace that you have made possible. H.C., it's good to have you with us.
1: Did you hear what Reverend Fleenor said, Hubert? Sure did, Mr. Sure did Mr. 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 He meant you when he met all the fellows listening in hospitals all over the country. But alakazoo, alakazam, and look where we are now on this magic trip, spending a preview of Christmas Eve in your old hometown. Now, uh, you you may be in a ward in a veterans' hospital at Long Beach, California, and I may be here on this stage in Hollywood at NBC, but everything else is in your hometown of Greenville, Tennessee. Everything is real, especially these old pals of yours. Look, they're over here on North Main Street, all lined up, as if they were just waiting for you to join in the Christmas carols. Hi, gang! Who are, who are you caroling tonight? Uh, we're from Dr. Ms. Haskell-Fox's home. Right in front of it. We'll ask the gang what they're going to sing, uh, H.C., so you can join in.
6: Well, uh, what are you going to sing tonight, gang?
11: Hello, H.C. This is Eugenia Beeley, one of your 7th grade teachers out at
9: Doke. One song you used to like best is
1: Silent Night. Are you ready to lead us in it? Yeah, okay. I'll try. Yes, sir. Here we go, H.C. You started out, and your friends, 2,000 miles away, will join you in front of Dr. and Mrs. Fox's house there in Greenville. Here we go. Silent Night. HC, wasn't it Carolers?
8: Hello, HC, this is Dr. Fox.
12: Mrs. Fox joins me in saying, that was swell.
1: Welcome home. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad you reminded me, Dr. Fox. Home is right. I promised Hubert's mother and father I'd get him over to see them before the tree was trimmed. Now, here we go. Right over to your house, H.C. Alakazam, and here we are. Uh, your folks are expecting us. Let, let me knock, though, just to warm them. Yeah. Anxious to talk to Mother and Dad? Sure am. Well, I'll, I'll bet they're as excited as you are. How long since you've been home? It's been several months now. About eight months, in fact. Yeah, they're certainly taking their time. Why, look, Hubert, there isn't even a light on. Where do you suppose they are? Well, they might still be at the station. No, they said they would see... Oh, what's the matter with me? Of course, they're not in Greenville, Tennessee tonight. Do you know where they are, H.C.? Well, no, I haven't any idea, Mr. Edward. They're right there outside the door of your ward in Long Beach Naval Hospital. Come in, Mother and Dad. Hello, H.C. Hello, (laughs) H.C. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Are they there, H.C.? I guess they are. And I guess it's... Yes, they're here. You catch. Well, goodness, there's Mother and Dad. H.C., we, we sort of pulled a switch on you there at the end. We really have been in Greenville with our microphones all night meeting your old friends. But when it came to Mom and Dad, we threw away the magic stuff and brought on the real thing. Your dad's boss, Mr. Al Kramer, even provided a substitute for both your mother and Dad at the Tennessee Coach Company so they could come along. Are you happy, fella? I sure am, Mr. Edwards. Sure. If you can't go to Christmas, Christmas'll come to you. Mother, how does he look to you?
12: Oh, he never looked better to me. You
1: bet. Mr. All right. Well, I guess uh, you heard H. C. meeting all his friends and doing some late Christmas shopping. By the way, H. C. Uh, what did you do with that handkerchief you bought? Huh, fella? Huh? I you... still love it. Well, why don't you gi- listen? Why don't you give it to your fiance Lila Morrell, Huh? Go ahead and oh, give I it see. to her because she's right there outside your door too. Come in,
9: Lila. Hello,
1: H.C. Merry Christmas. Hello, Lila. Is that a surprise, Mm -hmm. H.C.? Well, our hearts are with you kids who've been in love for a long time, and we know this Christmas will be a happy one for you. What do you do back in Greenville, Lila?
11: I'm a telephone operator for the Intermountain Telephone Company, but the number that I want
5: best is
1: H.C. Well, you betcha. Mother and father and Lila, this reunion and your... And Hubert's happiness, we mean for every veteran in veterans' hospitals all over the country tonight. This is your moment, too, fellas, because your parents and wives and children and sweethearts in their minds and hearts are thinking, that's me there with you. And that's what your hometown is thinking right now, too, boys. Small town, big city, that's what they're thinking. And don't think it's just at Christmas time, either. It's every day. It's just that with all this talk about peace on earth at Christmas time, we... I wanted you to know in this special way that the peace you fought to give us, we're going to fight to keep. H.C., Mother and Dad, and Lila are here as our guests to spend the Christmas holidays with you. Uh, we, we have hotel reservations for them near the hospital there. And since we've pretended this is Christmas Eve, let us give you your present. You've got a swell future, Hubert. The courage that has brought you this far is the same courage that will see you through the future. Here to help that future is a five hundred dollar savings bond. Good luck. God bless you. Merry Christmas, H.C. Thank you, Mr. Edwards, and a very merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Good night. Good night, boy. Good, Good
12: night. night, Mr. Edwards. My <laughs>
1: engineer DeWitt Schultes and uh, Truth or Consequences producer Ed Bailey in Greenville, Tennessee's church and school, to engineer Jim Hackett and producer Dick Lochran at Main Street and Lane Store, Greenville, to uh, engineer Joe Kay and uh, producer Fred Carney at Long Beach Naval Hospital. And to our studio and mixing engineer, Johnny Pollock, and producers, Al Pasco and Floyd Holm here in Hollywood. To our Truth of or Consequences organist, Buddy Cole, and church organist, Ida Ripley in Greenville, Tennessee. And to all of Hubert's many friends in Greenville, Tennessee, who were so eager to pay this tribute. To their pal, ship fitter, third class, Hubert Smith, paralyzed from the neck down in Long Beach Naval Hospital. And all the veterans throughout the country are grateful thanks to you.
6: The walking man who is the walking man
1: keep listening to truth or consequences for the walking man it may mean a gigantic prize to the one who knows who is the walking man hear all about it next week on truth or consequences the walking man well, look who's dashing through the suds with jingle bells, too. <laughs> it's those happy does carolers and their merry washing machine. Greetings. D-U-Z, D-U-Z.
4: Put does in your washing machine. Work
12: clothes come out all oh so clean.
4: Why think white
12: From the roughest and the toughest to the whitest and the brightest.
11: No so bright like does before.
12: Does this different? Does this more? When you does your wash, you'll think. D-U-Z, D-U-Z does everything. D-U-Z. 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 That was delightful, does delightful
1: kids, yes, sir. And folks, now listen, the truth is, today's prices for used kitchen fats are higher, much higher than last summer. Everybody, save every drop of used fat it's worth your while this is ralph edwards speaking on behalf of our sponsor the makers of does and wishing you a very merry christmas and until next week when you hear more about the walking man a brand new gigantic prize contest good night everybody (laughs) why has hollywood star merle oberon switched to new improved green shampoo Because compared to dulling soap shampoos, this wonderful new dream reveals up to 33% more sheen. Follow Merle's secret for shining hair.
4: It's new dream for Hollywood sheen. Improved dream for Hollywood sheen. Your hair can have that Hollywood sheen. The very first time you use new dream, get wonderful new dream shampoo. New dream.
0: This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for Parker and Gamble, the makers of Doves. Ralph Edwards too for consequences came to you from Hollywood, Long Beach, California, and Greenville, Tennessee. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
2: Okay. Great girls weave? No, no, no. Boy, am I blowing tonight? Uh, our the Truth to consequences from December twentieth, nineteen forty-seven. Now here is Amos and Andy. I believe this is from uh, Christmas time in nineteen fifty-one.
0: It's the Amos and Andy Christmas Show, brought to you by the ten thousand independent Rexall druggists. With Christmas just a few days off, the Rexall Drug Company and the 10,000 independent Rexall Druggists bring you the Emerson Andy Christmas Show. Now here they are transcribed with their Christmas cast, Jeff Alexander's orchestra and chorus, and radio's all-time favorites, Freeman Gosden and Charles Correll. Emerson and Andy! Andy! <laughs> This is Sunday. Let's go back to yesterday morning. Andy is out with Amos's little girl, Arbadella, on their annual tour of the store windows.
4: Well, let's look in this window, Uncle Andy.
7: Yeah, they sure got a lot of toys in.
2: Okay, that's Amos and Andy. Now, who is Lum and Abner?
6: the makers of postum the favorite mealtime drink in millions of american homes present your favorite radio friends lum and abner in dickens famous story a christmas carol remember the grouchy mean-tempered old man mr scrooge Well, even today, I think we run across a lot of people almost as bad-tempered as old Scrooge, don't you? And the pity of it is that most cranky people don't want to be that way. Usually, they're what doctors call nervous irritables, people who suffer from indigestion or headaches or can't sleep at night. Any one of those symptoms may mean that you have coffee nerves. For while many people can drink coffee without becoming jittery, many others cannot. If coffee nerves are making a nervous irritable of you, switch to Postum, for Postum contains no caffeine or stimulant of any kind, and it's as delicious as it is satisfying, with a cheering aroma and distinctive, mellow flavor that is Postum's own. For your convenience, it comes in two forms, Postum cereal, the drink you make by boiling or percolating, and instant Postum, mixed instantly in the cup. So if coffee nerves upset your digestion, keep you awake, or make you feel headachy, switch to Postum with your meals. See how you improve the first few days. See if you aren't less of a nervous irritable at the end of two weeks. And after you've given Postum a full 30-day test, see if you're not again a cheerful, good-natured person. And now, let's see what's going on down in Pine Ridge. Well, it's Christmas time in Pine Ridge, and all business and other activities have been cast aside in preparation for celebrating the holiday. A heavy snow has fallen, and it is now after dark. Three old fellows, Lum, Abner, and Grandpappy Spears, are trudging through the snow on a real Christmas mission.
9: Listen. Hey, you're sure we're headed right now, are you, Grandpap? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know this the way, all right. Uh, Doc Miller rode his horse over here. Can you see his tracks there in the snow? Oh, yeah, them hidden.
6: Well, it must be the old Gaddis place, then.
9: Yeah, yeah, that's just about where it's at. But there ain't nothing but the barn left there now that the house burnt down two or three years ago. Well, Doc says it's due east from that road where we turned off there. Due east. Yeah, which way is east? I ain't paid no attention to the directions here. Wait a minute. Whereabouts is the East Star? There it is, right ahead of us. Yeah, we're going right, man. Don't worry about that. Yeah, we can just follow the East Star. Yeah, yeah. That ought to lead us to it, yeah. How did you find out about these folks, Grandpa? Well, Doc Miller and his woman had supper over at our place, and we were sitting there visiting after we got on eating, and... Directly the telephone rung told Dr. to get right on over here. Well, uh, who done the calling? Oh, some feller named Joe something or another. I forget what he did call his name. Uh-huh. He'd went over to some neighbor's house to call. Said they'd been into the county seat to pay their taxes, and there weren't no room at the hotel, so they come on out here to this old barn to spend the night. Well, this ain't fitting weather to... Have to stay out in the barn, I'll say that. And they said they were sort of expecting the baby to be born tonight, huh? Yeah, that's the reason they called out Miller. Hey, what's the matter, Abner? I hey, do my arm's getting tired here, feller. Well, here, here, let me carry them blankets Ooh. a while, and you carry this oil heater. He's from wore out. Is that box of groceries getting heavy, Grandpa. No, I'm all right, Lum. nor ought to be there directly anyhow. Yeah, this snow tires the body out walking through it, you know it. Yeah, well, maybe we're walking a little fast for you, Abner. Yeah, slow down a little here, fellas. Here, you take the lantern. Yeah, 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 let me get hold of the thing. Yeah, there it is. Mighty thoughty of you fellas to come over here at night. I sort of hate to call you to get out at
2: night like this. But after... Ooh,
3: nothing
2: like blowing everybody out of the building. And let's see here, folks. That was Woman Avenue. Now here is my friend Irma from December 22nd, 1947.
1: Brothers Company, makers of swan, the soap that gives
6: you a wonderful new kind of suds presents
3: our friend
11: swan with my friend, Irma,
0: (laughs) starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane.
11: Peterson, who is reading. It the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring. Oh, look, Jane, a mouse! <laughs> now, don't get excited. Don't get excited. It's lost. It's probably looking for Professor Kopotkin's room. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
11: gee, Jane, I've never been so happy on Christmas Eve, a- and that's because I have such wonderful friends, you, and Richard, and Mrs. O'Reilly, and... Professor Kopotkin, and of course, Al. Oh, by all means, Al. Of course, I can't really consider Al a friend because I'm going to marry him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, naturally. <laughs> and Jane, you don't know what it means to have a few good friends you can count on.
2: Okay, now here is a Christmas special, and I enjoy this. So we play this almost every Christmas. Then I'm on. Here we go. At least doing a live show. Regular Regular time next week.
7: Regular time next week. cold coming we had of it. Just the worst time of the year for a journey. And such a long journey. The ways deep and the weather sharp. The very dead of...
2: Okay, we're we'll fast forward to the other side. These were 15-minute tapes we're working with. All right, here we go. Hope you enjoy the second half of the show. Here in yesterday, USA. Hmm. Let's flip the tape over. Rewind, but not actually fast forward.
12: With a running... We came to a...
2: Here we go.
7: Then at dawn we came to a temperate valley.
2: All right, and now here is another Christmas show. Here we go, everybody. Hope you enjoy. Merry Christmas.
7: The Harold Perry Show. And now, Harold Perry as Honest Harold the Homemaker.
1: There's a white mantle of snow over the little town of Melrose Springs, and the air is cold and frosty. But there's warmth and good cheer in the hearts of young and old alike, for Christmas is only two days away. Let's look in on the home of Honest Harold, where we find his mother just putting the presents under the Christmas tree. There she threw the snow
2: on a one-horse open sleigh. Now, this is for Harold. And this and this is Honest Herald from 1950. I think it's December 20th, 1950, when this was done. I'm Walt Hughes. Hope you're enjoying this. we got the uh, second half to go. Here we go. Most
1: of these same... Second act of...
2: Part two of Just a USA.
1: We will return for the second act of our story, Honest Herald, in just a moment. One of the top events of the...
3: Hu- well,
2: I think we'll call it an evening here in Yesterday the USA. We're going to go back to the making system, everybody. Hope you enjoy the shows. I enjoy the playing them. Thanks to a uh, good friend, Dr. Dale, calling earlier and keeping me company. Awful nice to do that. So, there we go. So with that, may the good Lord Jesus Christ bless you. This is Yesterday, USA.
13: It's time to call it a day They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to The masquerade. Just make your mind up. The piper must be paid. The party's over. The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right, just party